0: everyone this is 30 day trek i am your host lucian and in this episode we are covering from the next generation the second episode of the fourth season Family. This is the one where, after the events of Picard's assimilation into the Borg, the destruction at Wolf 359, and the near assimilation of Earth, as the Enterprise undergoes repairs in Dry Dock, Picard decides to go home to La Barre, France for the first time in 20 years and visit Robert, his bitter Luddite winemaking brother, his sister-in-law Marie, and his young nephew René. Back on the ship, Worf deals with Sergey and Helena Rojanko, the human couple who adopted Worf and raised him on Earth, and Beverly, upon retrieving some old items in storage, finds a holographic recording made by Jack Crusher, her late husband, for Wesley. The main focus is on Picard as we see the strained relationship between him and his brother and Jean-Luc considering leaving Starfleet to take a position running a project to raise a subcontinent on the ocean floor. Throughout the episode, we find out about Picard's home life and childhood, how Robert took after their father who was determined to uphold and preserve the traditions and way of life of the Picard family in maintaining a vineyard and make wine, and that Jean-Luc was the brash, gregarious adventurer who always looked to the future. And while he tells Diana at the beginning of the episode that he's all better, you can see that Picard is still processing the trauma of what happened to him, which comes to a head when Robert pushes him too far. Why do you walk away? That isn't your style. Tired of fighting with you, Robert. Tired? That's right. Yes, tired of the Enterprise too. The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth. Ready to plunge into the water with Lewis? That isn't the brother that I remember. Still, I suppose it must have seemed like an ideal situation, hmm? The local boy makes good, returns home after 20 years to hero's welcome. How a hero? Of course you are. Admit it. You never settle for less than that, and you never will. That's not true. Cancel a parade? In your favor? No! I never... Never sought that rubbish. Never sought. Never sought president of the school, valedictorian. Athletic hero with your her arms raised in victory. Valedictorian. Arms raised in victory. Are you so jealous? Yes, damn it. I was always so jealous, and I had a right to be. A right? I was always your brother. Watching you receive the cheers, watching you break every rule our father made and get away with it. Why don't you break a few rules? Because I was the elder brother, the responsible one. It was my job to look after you. Look after me? You were a bully! Sometimes. Maybe. Sometimes I even enjoy bullying you. Right. Try it now. Why did you come back, John Luke? Did you come back because you wanted me to look after you again? Damn you! you know yes but you needed it you have been terribly hard on yourself you don't know Robert you don't know they took everything I was they used me to kill and to destroy and I couldn't stop them I should have been able Stop. I tried. I tried so hard. But I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't got it I should have been able to stop. I should have. I should. So my brother is a human being after all. This is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc, a long time. You have to learn to live with it. You have a simple choice now, live with it below the sea with Louis, or above the clouds with the Enterprise. I think you were right after all. I think I didn't come back so that you could help me. Uh, you know what? I still don't like you, Jean Luc. <laughs> <laughs> and after getting drunk and tracking mud into the house, Picard decides to head back to the Enterprise. And as he's departing, Roberto gives him a bottle of the 47 Vintage, telling him to not drink it all at once, and if possible, try not to drink it alone. Family is an important episode for The Next Generation. While Star Trek has a rich world and mythology to build off of, like the original series beforehand, The Next Generation was always an episodic series, in that it was designed for new viewers to jump in at any point and not need tons of context in order to appreciate the episode. And while we did see continuity slowly seep into the previous seasons, the standard operating procedure was still, here's the thing that happened, let's move on to the next thing. But after the events of Best of Both Worlds, and how it brought the series to arguably its peak in quality, Michael Piller knew that they can't just ignore it. They can't have Picard be metaphorically raped and then just act as if it never happened. So they decided to do what in anime circles is referred to as a beach episode. This is when an anime show decides to take a break from the main arcing plot of the season and have their characters take a breath and relax, normally at a beach, hence the term, and let them sit in and process what just happened to them and where they're going. They had to have an episode where we see Picard process and deal with what had happened to him and will haunt him for the rest of his life. Thus, we had an episode of Star Trek that had no space subplot at all and was 100% character-based, which was not the original plan. Rick Berman went along with it under the condition that they have a sci-fi space-based subplot, but upon developing it and seeing that it completely jarred with the tone of the main plot with Picard, they decided to drop it completely and instead have two other subplots that match the theme of our characters dealing with familial relations. One person who did have a problem with this episode was Gene Rottenberry himself. Ronald D. Moore talked about how when Gene read the first draft of the script, he absolutely hated it. It says terrible things about Picard's parents. These brothers don't exist in the twenty fourth century. They have such a profound personal animosities. This would never happen. I don't buy any of this. This is not a Star Trek episode. There's no action in this. There's no Jeopardy. We can't do this show. And while he was heartbroken at Jean's vehement opposition to a script, Pillar and Berman told Moore to finish it. How they managed to turn Jean around on it? No one knows. But given that at this point in the show, Gene's role in the series was diminishing due to his declining health, and he would pass away a year later, it's clear that any objections he might have voiced were moot. It's interesting to consider how, even though we like to think of Gene as the great bird of the galaxy, it's clear that Star Trek is not the product of one man. Yes, he created the series and its philosophy, but so many people, from DC Fontana, Gene L. Kuhn, Robert Justman, Jerome Bixby, Harlan Ellison, and many more on TOS, to now Michael Piller, Ira Steven Baer Jerry Taylor, Heinz Beimler, and Richard Manning, and newcomers like Brandon Braga, Renee Echeverria, and Ronald D. Moore, helped to develop and shape Trek into what we know and love. There comes a time when a creator has to let go of their creation in order for it to survive, grow, and th- thrive. And this episode is when I feel that the next generation began to do that. Getting back to the episode... The subplot of Worf's embarrassment over the Rajankos being on the Enterprise wasn't nearly as broad as I remember it being. It was a nice balance of it being amusing and seeing Sergei wanting to see the insides of a galaxy-class ship, and both of them worried about Worf after his discommendation from the Klingon High Council as seen in Sins of the Father, which was Ron Moore's earlier episode. And the scene of Wesley in the holodeck, watching the hologram of Jack Crusher, has a wonderful poignancy to it there are only two actual faults that I have with the episode. When Jean-Luc punches Robert before the mud-wrestling in the vineyard, it's a little jarring to see the punch go from a covered forest with thick foliage to a wide open space. It's an unintentionally funny continuity error. And the final shot of the episode of the young René sitting under a tree and looking to the starry sky retroactively has an ominous feeling, knowing that in Star Trek Generations, that whole family is going to burn to death in a house fire. Although considering how grim both Balsar Galactica and Outlander got, this is totally in Ronald D. Moore's wheelhouse. And fun fact, David Tristan Birkin, the child actor who played Renee, came back in the season 6 episode Rascals as the D.H. Picard. Also, this is the only episode of TNG where Brent Spiner doesn't appear at all, which makes sense in that this episode was the fourth produced after Brothers, which was the episode where, for half the episode, Brent played not only Data and Lore, but also their creator, Dr. Noonien Sung, so he definitely earned the week off after that. All in all, this was a great episode that showed that going forward, this was not a series that was going to forget what happened to its characters. Join me tomorrow when we cover another episode from Season 4 of TNG, one that brings the First Lady of Star Trek back and gives a maligned character some real depth and pathos. Live long and prosper, and also, live well.